Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. That's right, firepower. It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. I had to let that go just a little bit, and I'll tell you why in just a second. We got a fantastic show for you tonight. First of March, by the way, if you're listening to this on Sunday night. Uh, a craft beer guest is going to be joining me later this hour from Harlem, of all places. The usual news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa ready as well. We're on Radio.com. We're also on the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast version of the show, usually Monday mornings. Before 6 a.m. Coming up in 20 minutes, Julian Riley. He is the founder and CEO of Harlem Blue. They're pouring some delicious brews in the heart of Harlem. Thanks to Mark Anay, uh, who uh, got me his contact information. Uh, he was pouring at an event for uh, 1010 Winds Radio and uh, hooked me up with that and said, hey, you got to check this guy out. He's pouring some good stuff. So uh, here we go. So Julian will be on the program in about 20 minutes from now. Judas Priest's Firepower, they finally have announced the dates where they will be returning to the U.S. It is a limited uh, tour in the U.S. They're doing a bunch of stuff in Europe, uh, but uh, for the most part, they are doing a limited run uh, in the United States. They will be in the New York area on Friday, September 11th at, um, uh, where are they? Friday, September 11th in Uniondale at Nassau Coliseum, and then they are in uh, the Prudential Center on September the 15th, which is a Tuesday night, and I will be there. Tickets went on sale this week. This is going to be great. Sabaton is opening for them. Uh, of course, their 50th anniversary um, of touring as a band. I cannot wait. This may or may not be the last time around uh, that the priest gets here. If you have not seen Judas Priest yet, you should absolutely take a flyer and buy tickets to go and see this band. Rob Halford still has it with the voice. I know a lot of people say it's really not the band anymore. It's just him and Ian Hill. Glenn Tipton may or may not do a few songs on the tour. Uh, you know, listen, they can still do it, and Halford can still sing it, and that is a great thing. Let's get into some uh, beer news here because there's a lot of stuff going on. So earlier in the week, uh, Beer Advocate and Untapped have joined forces. Um, Next Glass, which is the parent company of Untapped, reached an agreement to acquire Beer Advocate, financial terms of the transaction, not disclosed. 
Uh, co-founder of Beer Advocate, Todd Alstrom, uh, announced the deal on the Beer Advocate Forum, adding Next Glass has acquired the brand, trademarks, website, data, etc. He says, we've been struggling to keep the lights on for over two years. We still face some challenges, but I'm confident that this is the best path for all of us. Next Glass is committed to not only helping Beer Advocate, but passionate about protecting and cultivating our unique culture, identity, and community. However, um, Beer Advocate's users and untapped accounts are going to remain separate, uh, according to the press release posted to Untapped's website. Um, there was talk of merging the accounts, but it looks like um, that they are going to stay separate. I think it's compatibility issues with the software that they use on the apps. Um, but, um, you know, Beer Advocate had a magazine. They scaled that back uh, and ceased the publication entirely in April of last year. Um, they still run festivals, but a lot of things have... Um, you know, have have scaled back with them. Uh, they offered a paid membership called the Respect Beer Society, gave members special access, posting abilities, discounted event tickets. Obviously, anybody who's been to Extreme Beer Fest in uh, Boston knows that they always have a great time at those things. They're doing another big IPA event uh, in September. Where is this? I'm trying to... Um, he said currently... Uh, Todd said he's currently curating the invite list uh, for Extreme Beer Fest in Brooklyn this September. I tried to go to that last year, wasn't able to get in touch with Todd, had reached out to the Beer Advocate people a few times, um, never really got back to them. And I'll be perfectly frank, uh, when I when I finally did get in touch with them, I was kind of, you know, blown off by their response. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, um, why don't you send us something? So if they're listening, would love to interview you guys at some point um, to chat about things. I'd love to go to this Extreme Beer Fest in Brooklyn in September. We'll see what happens. Um, Untapped is going to uh, continue doing what they need to do, and um, they will, um, they're actually doing another event. Uh, they did this event last year at the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, right? Um, Untapped is based out of Charlotte, right? So they did this big event, uh, and apparently um, they were not prepared for the inclement weather that happened. And, you know, all of these events that say, yeah, it's rain or shine, rain or shine, okay, that's all well and good. But there were lightning storms. They had to, you know, tell people they couldn't come in. Then they could come in. Then the vendors couldn't set up. It was a total mess. They ended up refunding more than $120,000 in attendee tickets fees, according to Forbes. There was a big mess. And they got creamed for it by beer people. But they're putting it on again. They've hired a, uh, a director of festivals and live events, Talia Spira. Uh, Spira was previously director of entertainment at MGM in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, so they are putting on another uh, event at the same stadium. It'll be interesting to see what happens there and um, if this event goes off uh, without a hitch. But Beer Advocate and Untapped have merged uh, forces together. And, uh, you know, I think this is a good thing. I think this keeps both things alive, whether you're a Beer Advocate guy. I'm an Untapped guy. You can follow me on Gatulo. Uh, on the site, uh, I find it very easy for me to check into my beers, to be able to write some notes so that when I do my suds and duds segments, I remember what's going on, what beer I had, when I had it, where I had it, uh, and what I thought about it at the moment that I was drinking it. So there you go. Uh, let's get into some more news here. Boston Beer Company, uh, their truly hard seltzer, will launch its wild berry flavor on draft nationwide starting tomorrow, March 2nd. That is replacing the unflavored truly on tap draft offering that rolled out in August. Uh, senior product development manager Casey O'Neill wrote an email to Brewbaum. We're planning to transition our draft lines to Wildberry on tap. It's not to say the original is going away, but we know the space for hard seltzer draft lines already limited. Wildberry will give us a better opportunity to provide an on tap truly option to drinkers. The Wildberry includes favor- flavors from strawberries, raspberries, and blackberries. Um, the, of course, 
truly has exploded in the hard seltzer market, and they are doing everything they can possible to get the this this uh, hard seltzer out there, not only in cans but in draft lines as well. I have not seen it in New Jersey on a draft line. I'm wondering who will be the first bar if there is a bar in New Jersey that has done it. And I, I don't know if there's any in New York. Obviously, there's so many bars in New York City. I couldn't even possibly keep track. If somebody does know that there is a, a truly line out there in a bar in New York and New Jersey, hit me up with an email, albertg at nycradio.com. Melvin Brewing shuttered their San Diego brew pub uh, last week. According to the West Coaster, they closed its doors. Uh, the Alpine Wyoming-based craft brewery opened the outpost in November of 2018. They also operate a tap room at its Alpine and brew pubs in Jackson, Wyoming, and Eureka, Missouri. But I guess they weren't getting... Uh, a lot of traction there. Again, I, I think that it's a big problem uh, that uh, these bigger breweries or mid-sized breweries are having to get space. San Diego is a hotbed of delicious beer. I don't know if you're necessarily going to want to go to an outpost for an out-of-state beer that isn't exactly the must-have. You know what I'm saying? That's just my opinion. And then finally, after five years at the helm of uh, Lagunitas, uh, CEO Maria Stipp exited the company. Uh, that was effective February 21st when Dennis Peak took over. He recently served as managing director of Heineken Canada. He has now taken over the CEO role. Uh, Lagunitas has lost a lot of traction. They've uh, they had a lot of uh, uh, job cuts. Um, they had job cuts 16 months ago. They had another set of job cuts this year, uh, cutting less than five percent of its workforce as a part of a restructuring plan. This is the problem that a lot of mid-level brewers are having now. They're having a difficult time of getting their beer on taps places. I've talked about this with a number of people at a number of different bars. The option is always to go local when they can. Now, there are some guys at some bars, they will always have a dedicated line to Bud or Coors Light or Bud Light or Samuel Adams. And I'm going to group Sam in that category, even though they're not technically a a big beer, even though they, well, I guess they are, but they're not, right? They're independently owned still. Um, but um, there's always going to be bars that are going to have those lines, Bud and Coors Light. They're going to dedicate those lines because they know that there are people that come in that are just simply not going to drink craft beer. There is such an untapped audience, pardon the pun, of craft beer drinkers. But to get a beer in and keep it consistent, a lot of guys go local. The, guy, the local beers come out quicker. They're fresher. They're easier, you know, to get if they're within a 10-mile radius as opposed to waiting for a distributor to bring over a bunch of beers. We're seeing this a lot more now. And I think a lot of these breweries, I think, are going to be fighting to survive in this market. If you're hyper-local, you're going to succeed. I I, I really think that's where it's at is hyper-local. National? It's a big problem. Unless you've got a big banging beer that takes off consistently, uh, I think you're going to have a problem finding beer space in a bar that maybe, say, has 10 taps or 15 taps. The place that's got 50 taps is different. They'll find a place for you. But if there's a place with under 20 taps, you're going to have a problem getting, uh, getting shelf space uh, in, the, uh, you know, in the rack to get your beer on tap. That's just my opinion there. When we come back after a short break, more news from around the beer world. Folks, we're just getting started on this program. It focuses on that delicious beverage, and it's made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
Kevin McCullough sees chaos from the swamp to the streets. I see Comey and McCabe and the swamp getting away with stuff. And then you've got bail reform in New Jersey and New York and some other places that are just turning people back loose on the streets after they commit certain crimes. We are in the midst of utter chaos when it comes to lawlessness. Kevin McCullough Radio, weeknights at 5 on AM 970, The Answer, with special airings, Wednesdays at 4. You know, I had LASIK done a few years ago by Delarusso Laser Vision, and the results have been amazing. In fact, it was more than a few years ago. It was almost 10 years ago. I am still seeing 2020. The fact that I'm able to drive without a pair of glasses, the fact that I'm able to read my computer or read a book without glasses has been absolutely life-changing. In fact, I saw my son for the first time. I could No, I'm just kidding. Delarusso Laser Vision is a family-owned medical practice that specializes in LASIK, as well as eye exams, contact lenses, regular frames and lenses, cataract surgery, and so much more. Doctors Jeffrey and Joseph Delarusso are pioneers in the industry, and the name Delarusso has become synonymous with LASIK. Dr. Joseph's experience with LASIK dates back to 1990 when he purchased the first laser in the world and with this cutting-edge technology put into practice, his research led to FDA approval for LASIK. Since 1990, listen to this, the doctors have performed more than 165,000 LASIK surgeries. Over 98% of the patients treated see 2020 and the majority see better than that, often 2015. They have four centers that are located in New Jersey, Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Long Island. I have personally benefited from their services. You can too. Trust only the best with your vision. Call Delarusso Laser Vision today to schedule a free consultation with Dr. Delarusso. 855-646-2020. That number again, 855-646-2020 or visit delarusso.com. Want to listen to AM 970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM 970 The Answer in the iPhone App Store or the Google Play Store for the Android. Again, search AM 970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go. Dr. Sebastian Gorka has some words to live by. You do not apologize for being on the side of truth. You do not apologize for standing up to your Christian values. They'll get out the hammer. They'll get out the pile driver. And then they'll try and take you down finally. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before Kevin McCullough at 5 on AM 970. The answer brought to you in part by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. Whether you need help drafting a will, trust, power of attorney, or health care proxy, their experienced team of attorneys have been helping clients plan their estates for over 30 years. AM 970, The Answer, doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM 970, The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com. the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a little rapid fire from Judas Priest, the Metal Gods from Birmingham, England. Uh, We'll be heading back out on tour 
uh, in the United States uh, in the fall. They're actually going to be hitting uh, the New York area very early on in the tour. I think like the second or third show of the tour. Uh, they are in New York. September 11th, they're at the Nassau Coliseum. And on September 15th, they are over at the Prudential Center in Newark, which is the show I'll be attending. I've got my tickets already, and I am a very happy camper. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Julian Riley. He's the founder and CEO of Harlem Blue. Uh, they are pouring some really great beers in the heart of Harlem. Uh, we will be talking with Julian. Great interview I did earlier this week. A uh, lot of fun and uh, a brewery that he'll be opening soon. He doesn't have an announcement yet as to when that's going to happen. Uh, and his beers are only on draft right now, but soon to be in cans. He's contract brewing. We'll get into the whole thing with Julian as to why he decided uh, to become a brewer and open up his own brewery right in the heart of ha- uh, Harlem. That's coming up in about uh, just less than 10 minutes from now. But a lot of different news uh, and notes to get to here. So apparently there's new legislation that could potentially rewrite uh, Alaska's alcohol laws. Republican State Senator Peter Meachie has pitched Senate Bill 52 as a grand compromise between bars and breweries. Under the plan, tasting rooms for breweries, wineries, and distilleries could stay open longer. Those venues would also be allowed to hold four live music concerts every year and host shows, tours, and fundraisers. The details of the bill were ironed out by Alaska's CHAR, which is the biggest trade association in the state representing bars, and the Brewers Guild of Alaska. So interesting. Uh, we will, uh, of course, follow up on this if uh, it is brought to legislation and it does pass. The good fr- folks from Trogues uh, sent me a press release the other day about how they are releasing a new beer. It's called Haze Charmer Hazy Pale Ale. Uh, the beer will first appear throughout Pennsylvania and then reach other states where Trogues is sold in mid-March. The new beer, developed over six months on the brewery's small batch scratch brew house, features a soft and hazy base thanks to a combination of pale malt, malted wheat, raw wheat, oats, and honey malt. It clocks in at about 5.5%. Uh, um, they're talking about a juicy pineapple, fresh grapefruit, a uh, little peach, and a hint of white pine as well. Uh, so this is interesting. This will be coming uh, and taking place uh, in mid-March from Trogues. I'm hoping to get a few samples of that. And we're also looking to do an interview uh, with the folks from Trogues. So if we can get that done, hopefully uh, we'll have them on the program. Maybe next week we can talk about this beer and, of course, a lot of the other stuff from Trogues, including uh, Juicy Nugget, which is one of their more popular brands. Uh, our good friends from Founders uh, have announced KBS, uh, their popular bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout, which, of course, is brewed with coffee and chocolate. They're going to have year-round availability beginning in March of 2020. Now, KBS made its debut in their Grand Rapids Tap Room in 2003 and, of course, developed a cult following over the years. Uh, and so they're bringing it now as a year-round demand. Uh, they're saying that um, they're able to get the beer to the right um, sort of mixture that they want to be able to pump this out every year. Uh, they sent me a bottle of KBS of last year's batch. I don't think I've – I'm trying to remember if I've had it uh, last year's batch. Probably not. It's probably still sitting in a bottle um, where I store some of my barrel-age stuff. So I might, I might have to crack that open at some point in the next couple of weeks uh, and try it. Now, of course, KBS, 12% ABV, a uh, lot of chocolate and coffee in this beer. And then, of course, it sits in oak bourbon barrels and caves beneath the Grand Rapids, and an off-site barrel aging facility. Uh, 2020 KBS will be available in four packs of 12-ounce bottles and on draft. Uh, beginning now in the Grand Rapids and Detroit tap rooms, it'll ship out to the brewery's entire distribution network in early March 2020. It'll be available year-round. Now, uh, a note, though, uh, from the press release, KBS will not be available on draft in Utah or in any format Mississippi. Now, uh, I'm 
I'm wondering why it's not available in draft in Utah and it's available in bottle. I know Utah's uh, alcohol laws uh, were kind of tweaked to allow higher ABV beers to be sold. So why in dra- uh, Why not on draft and 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 in, but in bottle only in Mississippi? Uh, I believe it. I'm pretty sure. I have to double check this, but I believe in Mississippi you can't have beer over a certain percentage. It's illegal. So I think that's why it's not going to be available uh, in Mississippi. And then something really cool. It's funny. One of my buddies um, who's on Facebook, and I'm not going to give his name, but he is a beer drinker, but he's not a craft beer drinker. He likes his yingling. He likes to drink a lot of it. He's actually been uh, honestly cutting back on the beer uh, for a bit. Uh, But one of his favorite beers to drink is yingling. He loves drinking them. Listen, yingling is one of the nation's oldest breweries, still independently owned. Uh, I like them for a change of pace every once in a while. I'll have a yingling. I mean, it's definitely something that if I'm in a bar and it's the only craft beer option that they have there, I'll have one. Uh, Yingling is not a bad beer. Uh, But is it complex? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. It's simple. It's straightforward. Um, It's a a good beer. If you're looking for an alternative uh, from a macro beer, let's put it that way. So... Yingling uh, from from his from his page, he had posted that Yingling was going to produce a low alcohol beer. I was surprised by this, and then of course, lo and behold, within the next couple of hours, here comes the press release from Yingling uh, with a new beer. It's called Flight. Um, it is a ninety-five calorie, four point two percent ABV light lager, which uh, the specs are nearly identical to Michelob Ultra. Um, which is AB's uh, lifestyle uh, brand beer, and to be honest with you, Michelob Ultra is basically water. So I- I'm, I'm now I'm hoping that this beer is not going to be the same thing or the same taste of Michelob Ultra. Uh, Flight is going to roll out uh, this month in 12 ounce bottles to the company's 22 state footprint. A draft release will follow in the second half of the year in select markets, according to the press release. The company has described the beer as crisp and easy to drink, and a spokeswoman for Yingling confirmed that Flight will be competitively priced to other premium upscale light brands when it hits shelves, indicating that Yingling is looking to compete in the domestic super premium space, which posted just over $3 billion in off-premise dollar sales last year. So Yingling coming out with a lighter lager. Look, the the trend has been uh, to lighter beers, uh, lower carbs, uh, lower calorie um, as an alternative to drinking, which is why we've seen Spike Seltzer have such a big impact in the market over the last two years. It'll be interesting to see how Yingling tastes. So far, a lot of the low-calorie stuff, not so great. I will tell you this, though. If you're looking for a – and I'll definitely try the beer when it comes out. But if you're looking for a low – for actually a non-alcoholic beer, uh, and I don't know if it's exactly low-calorie, but a low-calorie beer that is great, the Special Effects Non-Alcoholic Hoppy Lager from Brooklyn Brewery is probably one of the best beers that I've had domestically in the United States. It's a great beer, and it's 0.5 alcohol, so you can have a couple. You won't be legally drunk. It's a really great beer. Definitely pick it up if you can. I- I'm actually encouraged to pick it up, uh, picking up a six-pack of that and just having it in the refrigerator in case I have guests that come over. Maybe they overindulge a little bit, and I don't want them to, and you give them one of those, they're not even going to know the difference. That's how good it is. Now, when we come back after a short break, Julian Riley, the founder and CEO of Harlem Blue, will join me. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970. The answer. It's fair and 40 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. 
Animal rights groups are outraged after a Central Park carriage horse collapsed on the job Saturday afternoon and was later euthanized. Viral video shows the horse falling repeatedly in the park, unable to stand up. An activist from the group, New Yorkers for Clean, Livable, and Safe Streets, said that dangerous situations are common and nobody is held accountable. Instead of calling a qualified vet to help this horse, several carriage drivers tied him up with ropes, pulled him into a trailer, and they took him back to the stable. The historic horse-drawn carriages of Central Park said that the horse had suffered a cardiac issue unrelated to his job and was humanely euthanized. Country star Luke Bryan now has his own brand of beer. John Jeffries explains. The American Idol judge has professed his love for beer in country songs like Just a Sip, Cold Beer Drinker, and his number one hit, Drink a Beer. Now, Brian's own beer, Tulane American Golden Lager, will hit shelves Monday. His new beer has 99 calories and 4% alcohol and will be available in select states including Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. John Jeffries, NBC News Radio. In sports, as we check on the Devils, they finally beat the Anaheim Ducks. They uh, skated past them. Three zip was that final score. And then the Rangers, unfortunately, fell to the Flyers this afternoon. That was 5-3, that final score. Checking on your traffic delays, well, at the George Washington Bridge, it's quiet. Holland and Lincoln Tunnels, we have no complaints. There was an earlier accident on the LIE and the outer roadway eastbound of the Grand Central. That's cleared. Still have a closure in Manhattan at 48th Street eastbound from 5th Avenue to Park Avenue due to construction. That wraps up at 1 a.m. Correll Avenue east and westbound between Jerville Street and Hemlock Street on Staten Island. That is closed for police department activity. Weather for tonight, mostly clear, low fit 36 degrees. Sunny tomorrow might see highs around 57. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno on AM 970, The Answer. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. TheAnswer.com. You know, there are a lot of blues albums that are out there. But Eric Clapton's From the Cradle might be one of my favorite blues albums from Eric Clapton because he just, it's not his songs. He takes other songs from other artists that made them famous and did his own version on them. And the cool thing about that album is the fact that every song was done in one take. 
Mistakes, imperfections didn't matter. They didn't go back in the studio and try and correct it. That's one of the reasons why I love that album. From the Cradle, bad, late 90s, I think that came out. Uh, welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. We're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Google Play and iTunes, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. Alexa Ready as well. We're also on radio.com. We're also on the Hopped Up Network. Just go over to the hoppedupnetwork.com on Monday mornings right before 6 a.m. You can check out my podcast along with a plethora of others to listen to at your leisure. My next guest, he is a lawyer-turned-brewer who is doing it his way, following his dream of owning and running a brewery. He's doing it in Harlem, which personally I think is pretty cool. Uh, He uh, actually uh, met a buddy of mine in the business, Mark Ernay, who works for 1010 Wins. They were doing an event, and they were pouring beer, and Mark uh, struck up a conversation with the gentleman said he, and sent me a text said, you got to check out this guy's beer. He's got a cool story. So uh, thank you, Mark, for that. HarlemBrew.com, Harlem Blue, the color blue.com is the website for more information. Uh, let me welcome to the program Julian Riley. Julian, how are you? Hey, I'm very good, Al. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. Now, you're a lawyer dealing with contracts, and uh, by all accounts, pretty successful at your job. Why do you decide? Okay. Why do you decide to become a brewer and open your own brewery? <laughs> yes, that's. Uh, it's not exactly a linear path. Even though when I'm uh, when I'm at the bar, I usually say I turned in one bar for the other. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, the, the simplest answer is that I just really wanted to find a way to take a chance and, you know, the, the, the proverbial, what would you do if you weren't afraid to fail? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to a point where I just wanted to do that. Um, the, a little bit longer extended answer is I've always been entrepreneurial. I grew up sort of in a, in a hustler entrepreneurial world, inner city guy. And I, even when I was practicing, I knew that there would come a time when I would want to jump out and, and try and, uh, you know, just take a chance, do something. I wanted to do it before I started having kids. Mm-hmm. I really, uh, it was about the same year that my son was born um, that I decided to shut it down and, and start something new. So so that was that. And uh, I, I thought about many things. I love good beer and, and love uh, my community of Harlem and, and thought that there was a way to marry the two. I used to just sort of say crafting community. I was looking for a connection between crafting community from a Harlem point of view. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and we, we ended up getting there. And so, and you're, and obviously you're not originally from New York. You moved here to take a job here, uh, in, in New right. York city. You met your wife mm-hmm. here, if I'm not mistaken. I, I did. Yes. Okay. I did so, indeed. and, and so uh, now how was your wife about this? Now, obviously I'm, I'm assuming that you were a home brewer at first and then decided to branch out to do, to do this, you know, the, the, this passion. How did your wife receive this at first? Yes. So uh, two uh, assumptions, and then we'll, we'll get to the, the wife thing, even okay. though, uh, you know, happy life, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> the, uh, I, I moved to New York in the early 90s. Okay. Really, it wasn't really for a job per se, but it was for the hunt of a job. You know, that whole, the, the, the promise of it. I was, I'm an inner city guy from Boston, mm. so it's still a big city, but I, uh, I just sort of wanted to come here and take a shot at it. So I ended up doing more school when I got to New York, but, the, uh, but that, was the, that was the initial move. And as far as home brewer, my home brewer chops are, are, are infantile. 
compared to, to starting a business. So I wasn't that, that form of a, what has now become traditional for craft, craft brewers over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just sort of always loved beer. I spent a lot of time in it. My family's had a jazz club in Boston since 1946. Oh, wow. I bartended off in college. I, uh, I love the, the, uh, the sanctity of, of the bar, if you will. I think that the bar as a, as a meeting place is the most democratic place on the planet. So I like the, I like the just sort of hangout socialness of a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think beer has that same handshake quality. So I had a little bit of home brewing skills, you know, just having my little 15 gallon pot on the, on the stove. I joined a couple home brewer, uh, clubs on the upper West side and, uh, and then went and found two commercial brewers that, that uh, we built out a brewery or what I don't know what you call it, a pilot system in a garage in Brooklyn and started test batching five-gallon batches and, and, uh, and really sort of started oh, wow. to get it wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, again, you're not exactly oh, and not, my wife. And, and no, real, real quick with the – Go ahead. Okay. Go I was ahead. just going to say real quick with the wife, you know, we've been together for a long time, mm-hmm. so she knows me well. And she'll often say, "All roads lead to Rome." On this one, for me, because I'm a social dude, because I like beer, and uh, and I love Harlem, so it's uh, so she's bought in um, uh, to the dream. Uh, we're talking with Julian Riley, the founder and CEO of Harlem Blue. HarlemBlue.com is the website for more information. As we're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy, the answer. So uh, let let's let's dive into Harlem for a second. What, for in your yeah. opinion? What makes mm-hmm. and and again, there is no brewery in Harlem right now. There were, I think, by all accounts, there is exactly one brewery in Manhattan that's not even open yet that'll be brewing beer. That's Torch right. Crown down by the Holland Tunnel. Yeah. But what makes so Har- what makes Harlem so special for you to have that brewery there? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic question and really the impetus of all of this. So. Um, for, for starters, I think that there's an opportunity to just broaden the category, right, a little bit and, and bring in more diverse folks to like good beer. You know, just very simply stated, and, and, and I think that Harlem as a, uh, as a uh, geographic brand, I guess, just sort of everybody hears the word Harlem, and immediately there's, there's images that come to mind. There's a style, there's a flavor, there's a pace to Harlem. Mm. And I think that that's what, I, what attracted me to it. There's no other brand on the market, certainly not as I was starting in 2014. Um, and we're the only one that's distributed in Manhattan and, and hopefully soon to be national. So I thought that that was the opportunity to just sort of let a, a, a broader category and more diversified consumer base say, you know what, we can approach these beers and not have to think that it's just for a certain type of people who are, uh, you know, whatever, whatever people think of craft beer drinkers, which I think has changed a lot over the last three or four years, which is fantastic and, and a beautiful thing. But that was, that was the impetus of it. And the closer I looked at the history of Harlem, um, and particularly to brewing, you know, there were five to seven breweries in Harlem before Prohibition, depending on how you count and who you ask. But right. that's, that's the, the opportunity was to kind of bring it back to that. I, you know, Har- Brooklyn shouldn't have all the fun. Like, we can make some stuff in Harlem. Is, a, is, a, is the way I look at it, 
and I, and I think that it's all a beautiful thing. It, it gets into the whole tapestry of the city, and, and I think that Harlem has a voice that's worth recognizing. And, and so that's what we were looking for, just to connect with that. And once we open up the brewery, to your initial point, we'll be the first new production brewery in Harlem since Prohibition. Right. And, uh, and that has a cool ring to it. Uh, that, that's a fair point, Julian. Let's, let's discuss the beers before we run out of time that you're making. You've got two of them up. Uh, they're going to be mm-hmm. available in cans uh, very soon, but right now draft only. So the first beer is yeah. 1658 Al. Of course, 1658 is the year when the Dutch settled Manhattan. Why go with a wheat ale instead of maybe, say, a Pilsner or a lager? Yeah, good point. And, and, and a very small tweak, 1658 was the year that, that the Dutch actually founded Harlem in particular, the village of uh, then, then spelled with two A's. And so that's what we were gotcha. hearkening back. And, and what I was initially thinking with that, uh, main choice was I wanted a, uh, almost a farm ale, just something before we hop the heck out of everything, before we, just sort of a simpler ale that was approachable but still had a full body and flavor. At the time when I was first thinking of this, again, back in 2014, and I think it still sort of applies, I just thought that the Pilsners or a lager didn't really get me there. And, of course, those take a little bit longer to brew. Sure. So that also is a, on a business side. It was a little bit of a that, – that, that played in as well. Gotcha. And then the other beer that you have, it's uh, called Hectic IPA, um, is your standard IPA. It's not a juicy, hazy, everybody wants that, you know, mouthfeel and all that right. other stuff. This is a straightforward uh, IPA, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll often call it an old-school IPA. Some people call it California's, right. you know – West Coast, but I, I think it's before they started calling them West Coast, this was just sort of your standard old school IPA. Um, yeah, and again, the name has a Harlem connection. There was a, a great uh, columnist and, and, and writer, Roy Otley, from the Amsterdam News out of Harlem, and he had a, a, a weekly column that I really liked called This Hectic Life. Um, but So that's where that comes from. But yeah, again, I wanted to have for our initial beers, and especially as I'm using someone else's brewery to make our to make our recipes and, and didn't want to get too cutesy with it. I just wanted approachable, true-to-style beers that I liked and that I thought other people would enjoy. And right now our Hectic IPA is doing just that. I mean, it's, it's being very well-received. I love it as a, um, you know, as a, a medium. It's a solid 6.3 ABV, but well-balanced, almost in an English style of balance in the mm-hmm. way that I, I look at the, uh, the style. But it's it's certainly not the hazy um, kind of fluffy. I don't know what you you know almost. I, I know I know exactly where you're going. Everybody wants that beer that has low bitterness yeah. and kind of kind of just goes yeah. down like a milkshake. I get it. It's an old school IPA yeah. and something that I appreciate because I do like an old school IPA every once in a while. You're leading yeah. me into my yeah. last question here, uh, Julian Riley, the yeah. founder and CEO of Harlem Blue. HarlemBlue.com, the website for more information as we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So you're, uh, you're contract brewing right now because obviously the brewery isn't open. So the question that I have for you, because I've talked to a number of different people who contract brew, how much control yeah. over the brewing process do you have with the brewer that you are working with? Is it handing him, the, he or she, the recipe and, and the ingredients and they make the beer? Or do you have a hand in uh, the aspects of the operation from start to finish? Uh, great question. I want to also say that I don't often talk to people who speak faster than me, Al. I know that's part of your profession, but you're fantastic <laughs> that it is, uh, you got the, the full speed rocking uh, early in the morning or relatively early. Um, I, uh, we've never had a tro- pro- problem with control. So okay. uh, myself and my brewer, uh, my recipe brewer, whatever you want to call them, 
we'll, yes, give them the recipe, we'll get the ingredients to them, and then very hands-on with quality control. So you can obviously take readings all the way through, be very involved in the lab, um, in all of the, uh, all of the, you know, post, um, post, uh, ready beer reviews. And you can really look at those numbers real time, even from your handheld phone or like, there's a lot of ways to monitor it right. and just sort of stay very on it. So whenever there's times to tweak, then we tweak and, and, uh, and sort of keep it moving. So been very involved in we're, uh, beginning an alternating proprietorship deal right now that I'll, uh, soon be able to announce with a with a large regional brewer to do most of our canning and some of the uh some of the growth opportunities that we're looking for as we build out we'll at least have a showroom tap room going in harlem in the very near future and okay. with the location that i'm uh I'll, I'll be able to talk more about soon as well. Very good, very good. So my guest has been Julian Riley, uh, the founder and CEO of Harlem Blue. HarlemBlue.com is the website for more information. Their beer is in the five boroughs. Do a search for them. Jump on the website. You can find the beer. And you know what? You look at it, it's right. Go ask your bartender. Go ask the uh, the, the bar that you're at uh, to, to get it on tap. And, of course, as Julian said, uh, cans will go. be coming very, very soon. Julian, thanks so much for joining me. Very much appreciate it. Much success on the venture. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. You got it. When we come back. It's time for Suds and Duds, including a full review of the kickoff to New York City Beer Week at the Brooklyn Expo that happened last weekend on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Larry Elder sees the Democrats taking credit for this economy. I find it fascinating that Obama and the Democrats are taking credit for this economy. Remember what they said that Trump would do to the economy? And how many times have you heard them say that President Trump has been quote, undoing Obama's legacy. If he's undoing Obama's legacy, how do you take credit for having undone his legacy? The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7, right before Dan Proft at 9 on AM 970. The answer. When you hear the word LASIK, the only name that should come to mind is Delarusso. Dr. Joseph Delarusso is the man behind Delarusso Laser Vision, a family-owned medical practice that's performed over 165,000 LASIK surgeries and has over 30 years of industry experience. His research and practice played a role in getting FDA approval of LASIK back in the 1990s, and thus his name became synonymous with LASIK. Today, so-called discount LASIK centers are a dime a dozen. They perform surgery at a ridiculously low cost to the detriment of the patient since these places use lasers that are not the latest or the safest. In many cases, the patient does not even meet the surgeon until the day of the procedure, and not the case at Delarusso Laser Vision. In fact, I trusted Delarusso almost 10 years ago with my LASIK surgery, and the results have been great. You owe it to yourself if you're considering LASIK to meet with Dr. Delarusso. And again... If LASIK isn't your option, they offer regular eye exams, frames, lenses, cataract screenings, and removals. You name it. Trust only the best with your vision. Call Della Russo Laser Vision today to schedule a free consultation with Dr. Della Russo. 855-646-2020. That's 855-646-2020. Or visit DellaRusso.com. When you think of outstanding Italian restaurants, the only name that should come to mind is Michael's of Brooklyn. Family owned and operated by Fred and his brother John, they've been a Brooklyn institution since 1964, serving incredible Italian dishes for three generations. Listen every Wednesday to the Joe Piscopo Morning Show on AM 970 The Answer during Italian Trivia for your chance to win a case of their delicious sauce or enter to win at am970theanswer.com. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Radio.com. 
right, the Metal Gods. Marching in the streets. Judas Priest, back in the United States, coming up in the fall. Can't wait. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, of course, the final segment of the program, which is always is suds and duds. Follow me very easily on Twitter at Alcatulo. Instagram at Catulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Via email at G at uh, nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find all the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa ready as well. We're also on Radio.com and the Hopped Up Network. You just hit o- head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com. Uh, you can listen to the podcast, which is usually up Monday mornings before 6 a.m., and there are a lot of other great podcasts on there as well that you definitely want to check out. So New York City Beer Week took place back on uh, Saturday, February 22nd, over at the Brooklyn Expo. And I have to tell you, this is a wonderful event. A lot of great beers uh, that I got a chance to try. Um, and the entire event helps out the New York City Brewers Guild. It's their one fundraiser that they hold a year. They held two sessions. Uh, the last two years I've been to the uh, early session, which starts the VIP hour starts at 11.30 in the morning. General session starts at 12.30, runs till 3.30. Um, but what's great about the VIP hour is... Um, not a lot of people buy the VIP hour, so there's a lot fewer people in there, so it's easier to get any beer than you want. There's barely a wait. I mean, maybe two, three people tops, you know, at best. Um, but what's great about it is that with the VIP ticket, you get the four-pack of the collab of whoever does it, which this year it was uh, Single Cut uh, was the brewery that did the uh, collaboration or brewed it uh, in conjunction with the other members of the New York City Brewers Guild. And a big thank you to Ann Riley, uh, not only for coming on the program, but of course getting me tickets to the event so that I was able to attend and try all this delicious beer. And believe me, there was a lot that I did not try. Uh, I mean, obviously I have to drive uh, to the event, so I can't try everything as much as I'd like to. And a lot of brewers that are there, I've had before. So, uh, you know, it's Trying the ones from out of state and trying the different ones that I don't normally get a chance to get to uh, is really kind of my goal at this point when I go to an event, especially when I have to drive. Uh, my wife was with me. She was on top of me. She's like, 2 o'clock, 2.15, you're going to stop drinking. In fact, the last beer that I had was Brooklyn Brewery's non-alcoholic beer. We'll get to that in a second, um, which is the second year in a row I've had that. Anyway, um, but there are so many great breweries in New York City alone. And then you have these uh, you know, New York State breweries that are really great. And then they, they curate this list of, of really, really excellent nationwide brewers. And the food trucks are great. We had a pizza from, uh, oh, my goodness, Groundlings, Brooklyn? I don't remember. You know what? I don't remember. I have a picture of it. Let me, let me see if I can pull up the picture real quick. Uh, while I'm sitting here. And then I really have to get into the beer because we had pizza from this truck. They had a brick oven in there. Did I take a picture of the pizza truck? No, I didn't. I thought I did. Uh, oh, well. Anyway, um, the pizza was fantastic. Um, it was. It had to be the Groundlings Brooklyn. It ha- had, had to be them because I can't, I can't think it was anybody else. Anyway, um, the food was great. The beer was great. Let's get into some of the beers that I had there. Uh, first thing, well, was the first thing? Yeah. First thing I had when I walked in there from Torch and Crown was the almost famous, uh, New England IPA. Um, 
which actually was a pale ale, I think. That was really good. And the stout from them, the Heavy Crown Imperial Stout, outstanding. Torch and Crown's doing a great job. They're going to be opening uh, right by the Holland Tunnel very soon. Uh, you definitely want to check them out. I'm going to bounce around to the other ones because I don't really remember kind of the order that I went in. Although, no, I shouldn't say that. The next one I had after that was from Twin Elephant. Uh, had the uh, Turnstiles American Pilsner. I love to try a Pilsner from breweries because it's a style that that more people are starting to make now. And a Pilsner needs to taste a certain way. And this is a great Pilsner. Very, very good. Um, the jockey bo- the, the, uh, the box had um, a lot of foam in it. But once that foam settled, it was a really, really taste, a great tasting um, uh, Pilsner. And I love Twin Elephant. Have to get back over there. I've only been there once in the last two years. But Twin Elephant makes some great beers uh, over in Chatham, New Jersey, which is not that far from me, to be honest with you. Um, the uh, Collective Arts Brewing, which I have to get those guys back on the show again or at least try and get some of their beers. So they had uh, three different beers there, and I ended up having uh, – I was going to have the blueberry sour with cacao nibs, and I decided to have – because this struck me, the origin of darkness. This is um, a bourbon barrel aged stout with chocolate and pistachio cannoli. It just sounded so weird. It was really good. You could taste the pistachio in it. I was very impressed with this. This that's something I would buy again um, and and have for a, a you know a cold night. You know maybe on a Friday or a Saturday night, sitting by the fire, you just want to relax and unwind with something. So that was a really good beer. Uh, Common Roots had their tastefully deception mixed fruit. Raspberry, strawberry, and boysenberry. The thing I got out of this was a lot of raspberry out of this. It was good, um, and definitely I went with a lot of sours. So did my wife. We were trying to try a lot of a lot of different sours because it's really a, a style that I'm really into now. Uh, that was good. Uh, from Commonwealth, their Paramore Sour IPA was was excellent. I enjoyed that. Those guys are in Massachusetts. Um, little did I know, I had forgotten that the, the head, uh, not the head brewer, but the assistant brewer over at Wet Ticket, Jim, uh, left not too long ago to go work for Sam Adams. I thought he moved to Boston. Turns out he's the head brewer at Coney Island Brewery. Full disclosure, Sam Adams owns Coney Island Brewery. Uh, he made a Dreamland uh, Session Sour. Not bad. Um, more like a kettle sour. Um, I, I wanted a little bit more sourness to this. Uh, very mild, but it wasn't bad. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, that's another brewery. I have to take a trip over to Coney Island one day. It's I, I've heard it's a cool little funky place. Um, definitely want to check that out. As we continue on here, uh, Suds and Duds on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, from Equilibrium, the Shared Space Boysenberry Wild Ale. Oh, my God. So good. Equilibrium makes so many good beers. That's that's definitely a destination stop for me one of these days. Um, from Five Burrows had the How Do We Get Here? The Dry Hopped Fruited Sour. That was excellent. Uh, enjoyed that a lot. Also had a taste of the cash-only double dry hop, double IPA. Very good as well. Would definitely have to check that out. Um, let's see. Who else did I have here? Uh, from Grimm, I had the Purple Prose Sour Ale with black currant and raspberries. Excellent. Uh, from Hudson Valley Brewery, had the Graven Image Sour double IPA. Different. Um, very, mu- a very much a different style. Um, not a big fan of the sour IPAs. Uh, I like my IPAs like you know, Icarus makes a good sour IPA. I, should, I shouldn't say that. Speaking of Icarus, had uh, the Turbulent, Sky, uh, Turbulent Skies Triple Nor- uh, New England IPA, outstanding. And then I had the All Raspberries. Jason, the, the owner and head brewer, uh, poured me this, a raspberry Russian barrel-aged imperial stout out of the bottle. Oh, my God. Fantastic. 
Killsborough is killing it on Staten Island. And I uh, had two of their beers. The Gimme Gimme Blackberry Peach, their dessert sour, blackberry peach, vanilla, and milk sugar. Uh, very good, very subtle, excellent dessert beer. Loved the vanilla flavor in this. It really offset the sourness a little bit and, and in a good way. And their uh, triple dry hop, uh, triple IPA, Rip It Hardcore, which is their collaboration with Icarus, was amazing. In fact, I have to take a trip to Staten Island and, and get some cans of that before they uh, sell out. Uh, McKellar had a Bernal and Iyer Weiss, uh, Jammy Buggers, Blueberry Pomegranate, and Coffee. Interesting beer. You got the coffee on the back end, perfectly balanced. Great stuff from McKellar. If you haven't been to City Field yet, you definitely have to check out McKellar. Uh, other half had their um, double dry hop Mylar's bag, uh, Mylar bags, double IPA. That was great. The other thing about other half, they had a big bottle that they opened up at a certain time. The line got 50 deep in a heartbeat, and I ended up getting the last taste of it. It was this boozy stout that was like 15% or whatever. It was unbelievable. Uh, great to talk with Brett from Screaming Hill, uh, the farm brewery down in um, Cream Ridge, New Jersey. Uh, Got to get Brett back on the program. Got to go visit them again. They have done a Wildberry Sour, Old Barn Sour. Outstanding. Good stuff, Brett. Uh, they're almost 100% sustainable on the farm, which is fantastic. If you hadn't taken a trip down there, do yourself a favor. Go to Great Adventure and go drive about five minutes past it. You will run into Screaming Hell. They're only open on the weekends, but it's definitely something you want to check out. Uh, who else? Vitamin C Brewing was another one that I had. Sour Pipe Project Fruited Sour. Uh, marshmallow and pineapple flavors, fantastic. My wife loved it, and so did I. I had to try it. It was so good. And uh, the folks from Talea, which I'm planning to have on the program very soon, uh, the Cherry Berry Tart Deco Sour IPA, let me tell you something. If you like Sour Patch Kids, this is the beer for you. Tasted just like a Sour Patch Kid. It was amazing. What a great event. The uh, New York City Brewers Guild, it's an event they put on every year. Uh, New York City Brewed is the hashtag, uh, the opening to uh, New York City Beer Week. It was a great event, as usual. What a wonderful job. And the best part about it, even when they let everybody in, it doesn't get super crowded. They curate the tickets properly. Well done, and well done to all the New York City Brewers, the out-of-state brewers, and everybody else that was there. What a fantastic job. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show. Thanks to Julian Riley, the founder and CEO of Harlem Blue. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.